you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn with me, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. We are finally, I believe, concluding chapter 10 in Hebrews. We've been in chapter 10 for a little bit. This is the word of the Lord. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession And you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Have you ever had one of those weeks, one of those months, maybe one of those years, that just wouldn't seem to let up. We've been kind of living that for the past few weeks. We felt hurt. We felt pain. We felt sadness. We've cried tears. We continue to cry tears. We've looked at the ugliness of death and we've been overwhelmed. And we all, we all go through those times in our lives where we're simply overwhelmed. And we want to cry out, how can this be? The pain and the hurt. And the temptation is in those times to turn to anything that will make things easier. It's in those times that many people experience a crisis of faith. The pain is just too hard. Let me turn to this world. Let me see what it has to offer. Maybe there I will find relief. And it's in those times we have to be reminded. To be reminded of what Christ has done for us. To be reminded that we have endured To be reminded that we have a future hope and a future promise. As we progress through this letter, as we've watched the author unfold his argument, his concern and care for his people, we've gotten to know, I think, a little bit about the author. We've gotten to see how he thinks and we've seen how he loves his audience. We've even seen a little bit of his personality. We see that he's a pastor, that he loves his readers. He knows his readers. He knows uh, their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. He knows the way their faith has been threatened. 
but we also have seen his single-minded tenaciousness and his concern for them. That they should not shrink, shrink back. That they, if they do so, they'll be destroyed. And he's reminded them again and again and again. And he's come at them in all kinds of different ways. Some needed to be challenged. Others needed to be warned while others inspired. And he does this here for us and for the readers. And our three points this morning will be this. The former days, the days to come. And the day that is. The former days, the days to come, and the day that is. In essence, we're going to look at the, our past, our future, and our present. Our past, our future, and our present. Let's begin by looking at the former days. In this last section of the chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews, the, the author, the writer, turns back the clock. He encourages his readers to remember, to go back in their faith and to look. And what he doesn't do is, hey, remember when times were so good? Remember, remember when everything was going well? He doesn't do that. He goes, remember when things were hard? Remember when things were a struggle? He reminds them of our, their history and we live in a time that it doesn't really like uh, history. It, it likes the now. It likes the progress to the next thing. Anything that happens before our time is inferior. C.S. Lewis called this chronological snobbery. And we can be guilty of this uh, as well if we do not look at the past. But we also can look at the past sometimes with rose-colored glasses. You may hear people say, well, we need to go back to America where, where we're in that we call it the golden age of Christianity. And the author here doesn't say, remember when things were good. He goes, remember when things were hard. Remember those periods in your life that were marked by trial and difficulty and danger. When you were stripped away of all that you had and your faith was made real. Where God showed himself to you and strengthened you. He repoints them to their earlier trials. That God was sufficient for them in their earlier trials. As Christians, we can tend to fear suffering and the worry and the concern for us is that when we suffer what will it do to our faith what will it do to who we are but the writer says you have endured he says this in verse 32 you endured a hard struggle with sufferings and this came in many different shapes or forms sometimes it was sufferings that they were afflicted on them personally by the world Sometimes it was suffering that was put on them by, on others and they came alongside them. Sometimes they had their property taken from them. He says, but you endured through all of this. You endured, you, you took all your losses, all your afflictions, and you accepted them with joy. This was a hallmark of the early church. That through suffering, they responded in joy. 
Yes, they may lose their property, but he says, you have a better possession. You may have lost everything, but you didn't care because you had a better possession. An abiding possession. Paul says it this way in Romans 8.18. And this is a passage we all know well. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed for us. They understood this, that the suffering that they endured was not to be compared with what they had through it. They endured. Theirs was to endure. Christians, we don't have to win the culture war. We don't need worldly triumphs. We must be true to our faith in a hostile land, standing on the solid rock of Christ. And this always shakes the world. As Christians stand firm, even through troubles, it confounds the world. We need to be reminded of our past. We all have a testimony of things that we have gone through. We have stories about how God has sustained us through the trials of our life. It is in those trials that we have been drawn closer to God and we have been called to endure. And we've been given the power of Christ that we may be able to do this. So we don't have to rely and rest in our own strength. We can rely and rest in what he has done. He will uphold us. And he's upholding us to a certain end. It's this better possession that the writer here talks about, the abiding possession It's this great reward he talks about in 35. It's the receiving of the promise that he talks about at the end of 36. We are first called to remember, but we're also to to be reminded that there is something that we may receive. As he says here in verse 36, So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. We look forward to receiving what God has promised those who trust in him. We sacrifice and we struggle for the time being for what we will, we know we will receive when he comes again. And the Bible, particularly the New Testament, points us to these passages, or points us, passages that point us to this eternity. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, that is our bodies, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Peter in 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5 to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Our hope, our future, is in, it's in hope in the return of Jesus Christ. Christ being ascended into heaven didn't make him separate from us. It made him more accessible to us. 
And the danger for the Christian, or for those who call themselves Christians, is the abandoning of our faith. And again, we remember, this is what he's been telling them. Do not abandon your faith. Do not go back to your former lifestyle. Urgently, he calls them to endure, to persevere. Because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in its riches. It's not in its pleasures. It's not in health. It's not in wealth. We hope in the fact that we have eternity with Christ. And therefore, we do not have to fear this world. We do not have to fear sin. We do not have to fear death. We do not have to fear what the world may threaten us with with the possibility of being seen as unworthy or being ridiculed, we do not have to fear any of it. For Christ has conquered all. And he is now preparing for us eternity. We know who we were. We know what we have endured. And we know where we're going But the problem is that we have to deal with all the days in between. The present, the day that is, what are we to do in the face of everything? And the writer here gives us one little word endure you have need of endurance at the end of verse 39 he says persevere it's the same idea we are to persevere or preserve in our faith We are to be preserved. And this is one of the great doctrines of our Reformed theology, the perseverance of the saints. This is what Peter talks about in 2 Peter 10, or 1, 10, and 11. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Uh, He's talking about making your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly, you will be richly provided for an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do not save ourselves. Christ does the savings, but we must seek to preserve, to persevere through faith in all of our lives. And how are we to do this? How are we to persevere from, from our past through our present to the future? Similarly, in the same chapter, Paul says this, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, excuse me, and brotherly affection with love. We are to be growing each and every day in our faith. We are to be nourishing our souls in him. We are to be nourishing our souls with one another. We are to bear fruit in our lives for him. A.W. Pink 
says this, no presumption is worse than entertaining the idea that I am bound for heaven while I live like a child of hell. We cannot live this life as if we are not his, as if we are not living for eternity. Perseverance, enduring, means acting in faith, growing in faith, never being still. We must be partakers of the means of grace that he's given us to worship him, to feed upon his word, to partake in the sacraments, even as we'll do this afternoon, communing with him in prayer. We have confidence in our Lord. He is the one who was, who is, and is to come. He has sustained us. And he will even surely now continue to sustain us. And we have confidence because he is even now preparing eternity for us. Our past, who we were, is to be defined by Christ. Our present, who we are, is to be defined by Christ. In our future, who we are going to be is to be defined by Christ, even in the midst of present trials. We are now, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are now sustained by the victory of Jesus. And so in victory, we get to stand beside brothers and sisters in Christ in their persecution in pain, in victory, we get to sing hymns of joy. As people lose jobs, as they lose houses, as they lose friends, because we know what tomorrow holds. That as Paul says in Romans, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure... I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, no powers, no heights or depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's this wonderful, beautiful truth Death cannot separate you from Jesus. Angels and rulers cannot separate you from Jesus. Nothing that has ever happened to you and nothing that can happen to you can separate you from Jesus. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of Christ or the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And if this is true, why turn from him? To something that is inferior. We have assurance of salvation. We have assurance of eternity, a day without hunger, without danger, without tears. And we are to live that future now, to be citizens of heaven and the kingdom of this world. We must, because of what we have endured and what is wait and what is waiting for us we must persevere and that's hard 
That's hard. That's hard this last two weeks to hear that and study that this week. That's hard when you're dealing with the struggles and the worries and the concerns of your life. It's hard, but we are still called even so to endure, to know that we are only aliens. We are only strangers in this land, knowing that things are not the way they should be, but also knowing that Christ is making all things new. He is restoring us to himself. He is bringing the glories of his kingdom. Therefore, endure. Endure, as I've dwelled on this word this week, it's a funny word. Because it's, there's not a lot of frills to endure, is there? There's not a lot of... It's, it's, in, in many ways, and I hope I can communicate this the way I've been thinking it, it's not... It's not the word that you go to someone and say, be excellent, be great, be, you can be whatever you want to be. It's not that kind of word. It says endure. It's that putting one step in front of the other, leaning on, on Christ alone for all things, trusting in him for all things. It's the only, trusting in the only hope that we have, we are called to endure. Knowing that suffering may come and trials may come and hurts and pains may come, but we are to endure knowing that this world is not as it should be, but it will be. You have endured much, you will endure much, and you are to persevere to the coming of our Lord. Christ has kept us and he will keep us. He has upheld us and he will continue to uphold us. And we are with anticipation to await the coming of our Lord. That he is even now, right now at God's right hand. As earlier in the, in the letter he says, Christ has sat down. He has sat down at the right hand of God. We are to endure. We are to hold the course. For we have hope in a risen Savior. This will launch us into the next several months as we look at all these who have endured. And as you go through chapter 11, and we're going to slowly go through chapter 11, we see what we might like to be tempted to call these heroes of the faith, right? We'll look at Moses, and we'll look at Abraham, and we'll look at Enoch, and, or, or, or Abel, and all of these. We'll look at David, and... And one of the things that we notice again and again about these individuals, it's not that they somehow had things better figured out than us. It's not that they had their lives more in order than us. It's that they endured not upon their own strength, but upon the strength of Jesus. Even those in the Old Testament were looking to the Savior that would come. In a moment, we're going to come to this table. 
And in many ways, this table is a mark of our enduring that even in this life, as we, we are looking for our Savior to come again, that we're, we're reminded that he came and he broke his body, that he shed his blood so that we might have that life, so that we might endure. And sometimes we endure through joys. But sometimes we endure through pain. But Christ does not change. That is our foundation. Christ is our foundation. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he is the same tomorrow. So brothers and sisters in Christ, let us rest in trust in him. Let us endure. Even as he himself endured. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. Come to us in our hurt. Come to us in our joy. Come to us in all areas of our life, both what is now and what will be. And would we rest and trust in you for all that we need. We ask and pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.